Well, well, hello again, uh, Presbyterian School community. This is our third in our series of the People of PS podcast where we're talking to uh, folks in our community um, and just trying to get to know some people who maybe we don't all know as well. Uh, we met Brandon and Darnell uh, a couple of weeks ago, Gordon Center, um, in our last one. And today we're with uh, Tanisha Smith. I really still want to call you Tanisha Jedkins because mm-hmm. that's what I yeah. know you as. And I was just candidly disappointed. With, <laughs> and Smith is just nothing against the Smiths in I the mean, world. But yeah, it's a very simple name compared is. to Jedkins. Jedkins has got it so much. Out. It does. Yeah. It does. Well, so uh, we're going to talk to Tanisha. Tanisha is uh, one of our reading specialists in uh, early childhood lower school. And um, we're going to get to know Tanisha. Tanisha has long experience at Presbyterian School, but also has got some really exciting things in the future uh, for her that we want to hear about. So, Tanisha, why don't you just tell us a little bit about how how you came to be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the five minute auto break. Where you where are you from? Where did you grow up? That kind of stuff. Okay, so I grew up in Houston, Texas, native Houstonian. Um, uh, then went to well, was in private Catholic school from first grade through ninth grade. Um, then went to Bel Air High School my sophomore year. Graduated from there, went to U of H. The only reason why I chose U of H, honestly, is because my mom had my baby brother when I was 17, and I just did not want to go to um, Tulane, which is, you know, six hours away. I wanted to be close to him. So U of H was the best option and um, stayed on campus to try to feel like I was away from home. <laughs> Graduated um, from U of H with a bachelor's in psychology with an idea that I would eventually do play therapy for kids with social, emotional um, weaknesses or challenges. Um, So that idea led me to the parish school where I was for four years, Um, did some play therapy work there, kind of thought that I would go into speech therapy, but then realized being in a classroom, I actually liked being in a classroom. so went and got certified as a teacher. Um, a position here at Presbyterian opened up, um, and that's how I got here. Um, I always thought that your experience at Parish yeah. was really interesting. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about for those people who don't know Parish? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about Parish, what their what their focus is, mm-hmm. and then how that. I mean, that had a little bit of, of influence, I think, didn't sure. it? sure. Yeah, definitely. They say if you can work at parish school, you can work anywhere just because we had a range of students that we service. So it's a school for um, students with uh, language and learning disabilities. So um, they'll start accepting students at two and you kind of age out at 12. Not really a grade system kind of thing. It's, you know, you age out at 12. And so... Um, very cool school, very cool model, small classes, classes of 10, um, two teachers. Um, and so I know when I got here, the speech part, and because, you know, you see all types of um, learning models with the students there, you kind of have an eye, you know, if you go to any other school, which is why I think they say if you work at Paris, you can work anywhere. Um you know how to deal with the behavior challenges, the academic, the learning, the speech. Um, so, you know, just leaving parish and being at a school within a typical classroom, um, I think equipped me to be able to recognize like a, 
a speech thing, you know, first starting here with the littles when I first started Presbyterian, I could kind of figure out like, you know, developmentally where the speech was compared to where it should be. So that's what that's what I remember. Yeah. And so Tanisha's been here long enough. Her first role was in the alpha classroom, yeah. which that's that's two year olds going on three. And, mm-hmm. and I just remember your experience from Parrish, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and really the way we might very early on diagnose children right. who have the potential for learning issues is through delayed speech. Yeah, and yeah. I just remember that being such an asset for us with with the early with the early learners. Mm-hmm. But so then you you move from Alpha. Talk talk to us about sort of your move now from in Presbyterian school. So started mm-hmm. in Alpha and then go from there. Yeah. So I moved from Alpha in Alpha for a year. Actually my first Alpha class are now seventh graders, uh-huh. which is so weird. So I'm like, <laughs> I remember, you know, trying to, you know, put you down for nap and, you know, we're working on potty training kind of thing. Some and of those kids still do need naps probably <laughs> during the day. <laughs> um, and now like you're a seventh grader who acts like you don't see me when you walk next to me. Um and so did that for a year and then moved to first grade, which I have to admit was my most favorite grade. Um, always tell people, you know, this age, they'll do anything for a sticker or a new pencil. Like they just want to love on you, be on your lap and are just so sweet at that age. Um, so love that was there for six years, I want to say, in first grade. Um, but during that time, I also went back to school, got my graduate degree for um, education with a focus in literacy, um, with the plan to eventually be a reading specialist. And thankfully, that position opened up here. And so that's where I've been, the position I've been in for the last four years. So talk about that. Um, you're, you're teaching first grade. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you know, as the head of the school, really kind of in your sweet spot there yeah very very you know loved it yeah great teacher Mm -hmm. you know so what about literacy particularly Mm -hmm. uh interesting a lot lot of people go back and get master's degrees you could have gotten one in curriculum could have gotten a lot of different things but what about what about literacy was interesting to you well i think the thing about literacy that i found was interesting is that you know, it opens the door in so many other academic areas, like, you know, for math with word problems, science, history, um, you know, you have to be able to read the words, understand the words, but understand what you read about, like, and just with any academic subject. Um, so seeing that as like the center of like every um, academic subject, and then seeing like in first grade, how they come in, just being able to read like cat and the and two, and then eventually seeing that light bulb switch, like, you know, we call it the December, January switch, where you see them jump several levels in reading just because of the exposure you've given them, you know, the read alouds, the reading practice. And then I think, um, you know, watching my students in first grade and every section of the day there was some reading involved even if we're doing calendar and they didn't know it but you were reading mm-hmm. um and so that's why you know i just cling to literacy and i found it i really didn't find it interesting until i was in first grade to be honest um i don't remember reading or learning how to read myself right. um 
And so just wanting to find ways and be more equipped to talk about literacy, to teach it, um, and then to help my students see there's fun ways to learn how to read, even though you say you hate reading. Yeah. So it's, so, so, you know, I haven't really spent enough time with you to sort of see the connections, right? But it's yeah. the, the experience at Parish mm -hmm. where you really are with kids who have deficits, right? Mm -hmm. In a, like you've said, in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. And then you come here and, you know, sort of coming to this realization of the importance of literacy. So, so really a, a deficit in, in reading or in literacy at an early age, mm -hmm. as you've said, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's connected to all these different mm -hmm. subject areas. So talk, right. talk about just sort of how, how much of a hindrance that, that sort of deficit can be, or in, yeah. and maybe even how important it is for early Mm -hmm. um, identification of that. Yeah. Well, um, statistically, if you're not reading on grade level by third grade, then you're already set to have all these other lifelong challenges, um, incarceration, poverty, and school dropout. Um, and so I think, you know, when our kids first start learning how to read, um, it's like, okay, you can decode the word, like, you know, the sounds in the word, um, but I don't know if, you know, nationally or whatever, we know that, okay, but you can read the word, but, you know, at some point you're going to have to know what you're reading. Mm. Um, it's so. that, it's, it's a sort of classical, like, like it's a cliche, right? It's like moving from, uh, you know, learning to read mm -hmm. to reading to learn, right? which we, which we say here that. That sort of happens yeah. around the second or the third yeah. grade here. Mm -hmm. So, so it's interesting. I hadn't heard that statistic about mm -hmm. third grade. Mm -hmm. So, if you're still learning to read mm -hmm. in the third grade, you're it sounds like you're at you're at a disadvantage, right? So, by third grade, you should be on grade level for reading. That's you know decoding, comprehension, like all of that wraps into that um, that grade. And so, if you're not, then by fourth grade, and you know you can look at just the star stats for Houston to see that, you know, by fourth grade, a lot of students, specifically uh, minority students are failing in that area um, after third grade. And so I see that as just like the pivotal age. And so you have preschool all the way through second grade to just really nail those skills in and make it a solid foundation. Um, so by third grade, they have tools to pull from to understand a word, vocabulary, to decode a word, and to understand a passage. So, uh, it, you know, it's not going to surprise anybody now that we're going to segue into uh, this this passion. You obviously have this passion. Yeah. It's, what's, I mean, it's, it's parallel passions, right? I mm -hmm. mean, passion for kids, mm -hmm. passion for teaching, and then this passion for literacy, which mm -hmm. I love. I love hearing you say you didn't really even know that you had that, right? Yeah. So talk to us about this nonprofit that you've that you've created specifically around around these passions. Yeah, so it actually started this summer. I know a lot of people or no, not the summer, in the spring. I know um, you know, with the pandemic and us being in quarantine, a lot of people picked up on different hobbies. I know like what was it? Uh was it bread? Like baking the bread <laughs> kind of thing was like the thing that everyone was doing and um, a few friends of mine learned how to bake cakes and it was just a time to kind of sit, reflect and find a hobby. Um, but one thing that I realized that was just heartbreaking for me is that there are so many 
kids during this time of learning at home who um, were already struggling at school, academically, specifically in reading, who just wasn't getting the help at school. And sure enough, they weren't going to get the help, you know, being at home. Um, And this has been a passion of mine for a long time. I'm a very sensitive person. So I told my dad, you know, years ago, I'm like, hey, I think I want to go work in a Title I school. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty good teacher and I can, like, help these kids. And he's like, no, baby, I don't think you're ready for that. <laughs> like, you can't bring kids home with you. You can't do that. And I'm like, I mean, you're right. I'll probably cry every day. But, like, I feel like it's something I should do. And so I finally, you know, over um, the quarantine was like, what can I do? Like, I'm going to do something. And so my idea of starting a nonprofit to offer – um free reading support to at-risk, economically disadvantaged um, youth came out of just having that time to reflect and be at home and then see. um, There was just so many articles saying like the gap is only getting wider now for minority students in this particular um, grade. So pre-K through third grade, you know, the gap is just widening, especially now because they can't go to school. So they're really not getting much. And so that's where Right to Read came from. Um, And it was just, it came just so clear. And that's how I know it's just God just kind of just planted it because it wasn't um, a struggle. Everyone that I talked to about it was very positive. How can I help? What can I do? Um, And it made me just so excited to do it. And I just felt like, oh, my God, like I can help so many kids and, you know, I'm going to close the gap like I can do it. (laughs) But then at the same time, I am realistic. Like if I just help one, I can change a generation, you know, and that's how I look at it. Just, Lord, just give me one kid. Mm -hmm. And if I can help that one, I can change their, their, you know, kids' lives and generationally just, um, and so that's how I look at it. And we've already started doing a lot of good work. Um, we're not officially a 501c3 yet. Um, hopefully in the next month or so, we'll get that status. But it's just, it's exciting. And especially knowing the need mm-hmm. in the city of Houston alone that um, and how many kids we can reach just builds that fire even more. So this is interesting. I, I've, I've known you for a while. Well, since, yeah. you, since you came here, I know that you're a person of faith, mm-hmm. but I hadn't made the connection sort of like I hadn't made the connection with Brandon Walker and Darnell Cleary in mm-hmm. their beginning of the the summer Institute. There, yeah. there was a faith component to that and they for spoke sure. pretty eloquently about that. Yeah. So, so this, I mean, you know, in the business, we call this kingdom work, right? Yes. So this, you really oh, do yeah. see this. Can you I do. talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I it. see it as, um, you know, and it's weird. So one of my great aunts, um, my aunt Gladys, she would get into these. Everybody should have an aunt Gladys. Everyone has aunt Gladys. Her <laughs> nickname was actually Tootsie. So, <laughs> That's even better. Um, my aunt Gladys would kind of get into like these spiritual, like, I don't even know how to call it. Like these spiritual, um, like episodes, I guess, where she would like prophesy and uh-huh. talk about different things and, I remember it scaring me so bad as a little kid. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm glad it's like the Holy Spirit is coming. Like, what is what's going to happen? And one thing that she said, she was like, Tanisha is going to be able to look at people and heal them. 
And from that, I'm like, okay, like I went to school, actually started U of H saying I'm going to be a biology major. I'm going to be a pediatrician. Um, because I'm going to heal kids. Like, fulfill I'm the prophecy. Kids. Yeah, right? like, I'm glad it said it. Like, if that big <laughs> happen. Um, but I didn't realize, like, the older I get, I see that more as, um, like, a spiritual thing. Like, more emotionally, like, and be able to see kids and be able to help them. Um, and so, and I do see it as, um, like you said, kingdom work. Because it all, and my mom is very... You know, this is what you don't want to do. Pray, pray about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the, her go-to phase for everything. And sometimes I'm like, no, just tell me. Like, right. I'm going to pray about it, but I need you to give me <laughs> something to pray about. Um, so I do see it as, you know, God just placing me in the right place with the right people to do this work with kids. And, and with love, with yeah. passion. Uh, we're actually working with the center now in Third Ward called the Forge for Families, and it's a, a Christian-centered organization, nonprofit, um, and they're very, you know, faith-based. And um, so, you know, we're just connected in so many ways with a lot of different people and some organizations who are all of faith. Right. And I think that's just what makes the work even more um meaningful so so recognizing that there is a significant faith element to this right right um acknowledging that not necessarily setting aside but acknowledging that what what would you say sort of your your short-term long-term vision is knowing Mm -hmm. that this is sounds like you believe this is really god's vision right but but how would you like to live into that what do you see right to read looking like near term and then long term if you yeah if you can give it so near term i see i mean right now we're just a one woman show it's just me <laughs> um i see us you know just and i want to start i don't want to jump in it too fast and just get overwhelmed um so i see us you know next year being in the um the community center that we're working with now just kind of setting our relationship um, solid there. Uh, and it'll probably be me and one other person. And then, but long-term, I see us being in lots of different community centers where, and the reason why I say community center is because a lot of these students, um, you know, they, their parents don't have the financial resources to get them academic support for reading. And so I see the community centers as you're already there, I can just push in like your parents don't have to worry about, you know, driving you here or there. That way we know that the support is consistent because you're already here. Um, So I see us being in several different community centers after school programs where the kids are already there um, long term wise. And then eventually trying to see and I don't know, I haven't figured out how this would work yet, but seeing how we could push into um homes and offer parent support Um, because I don't think you know because we don't remember learning how to read we think that it's natural when it's not like our brains are not equipped to read Um, it's just not natural for us to read and so and I think parents think that you know or some parents you should see a word sounded out and you have it when it's a lot more involved than that so teaching parents how to look at reading and then how to support their kids at home with reading, um, you know, we want to do that and then just offer community support. So um, having community workshops, 
free reading workshops with kids where we get they pass out books and we do an activity to go with the book because I have to be a teacher. <laughs> you have to have some construction paper in there somewhere. <laughs> um, so uh, like doing that piece and helping them realize like reading is fun. Well, I think I think one of the challenges that we have in school now, but that you certainly will have in this work is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I was coming up, we talked about the print rich environment. Yeah. Right? And, and I think that was a lot easier. I mean, I'm in my fifties, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's before the earth cooled. Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, we don't live in a print rich environment because yeah. of media and because of technology. It's and so, true. so the, what's compelling to me is hearing you talk about getting into the home. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, that's, that would be a challenge. I think irrespective of your, of the socioeconomic level that you're yeah. working with, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just having that print rich environment in, in homes. Mm-hmm, so I think mm-hmm. that is a, that is a, a need that is definitely out there. Yeah. And you know, there's organizations around um, Houston. I think there's uh, books between kids that's, you know, they give books to homes and, um, you know, they're free, but I think it's important to, for students to really enjoy the book, to add some kind of activity or something yeah. with it. And so that's my idea with like the reading workshops, like we'll have a book, but then there's an activity that goes along with it. So that when you pick this book up and it could be like a comprehension vocabulary, just something. So it kind of like sticks with you. Yeah. Um, and you have something tangible to take home to practice, you know, things yeah. that we've talked about. I think it's exciting. Not maybe as exciting as uh, what happened to you last week, though. You want to talk oh, a little bit about your... Oh, my baby. So, yeah, Tanisha is a brand new mama. I am. Yeah, you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, my... I know I know. nobody in the community knows about this because it's, <laughs> it's happened pretty quickly, right? It happened very quickly. Um my husband, Chris, and I just welcomed a baby boy. His name is Jackson Alexander Jedkins Smith. I know it's a mouthful. <laughs> um, we actually didn't realize when we named him that he has four last names. And I'm like, okay, whatever. He's extra. Like, we didn't even know what he's going to be. Um, but my dad actually pointed out that Jackson means gifts from God. And I mean, we didn't, his name was either going to be Jackson or Houston. And when I saw him, I'm like, he's definitely a Jackson. Um, So Jackson means gifts of God, which he's definitely a gift. He's a sweet boy, um, loves to eat. So we're trying to figure out like how to, you know, keep him from not eating us out already uh, (laughs) with formula and things like that. So um just a sweet boy. And it's been like fun figuring out like what it means to be a mom. It's still weird to even say I'm a mom. I know. Like it's very weird. But. I just remember, I just remember when, you know, when our kids were babies and just yeah. like even, I mean, I'm an, I'm an educator. I'm around kids all yes. the time, but just feeling like I, I really don't know what, what to do. Right. So I love this. I love the story about just sort of how your, your whole family mm-hmm. just kind of has, surrounded you all and yeah you know got gotten everything ready and contributed so that's yeah we have pretty much everything that we need i mean and he's just a baby so we don't need much even though i'm like oh okay you need this burberry outfit like right now (laughs) 
<laughs> like you need it. And thankfully, I have a husband who's counting coins. And so There's I can't the savings get, account. That's yeah, right? I can't get everything that I want. But, um, you know, he has everything that he needs. Yeah. You know, he just sleeps and, and eats. And so, um, you know, our family has been good about like diapers. We have clothes. We have like, he doesn't have a nursery yet. But well, I just know, that. I just know that this is, uh, it's been a, it's been a journey, right? Yes. And, I, and I'm just so excited. I know, I know the, the whole community is, I don't think anybody is, is as excited as Christy, Hina, I who I think <laughs> thinks of herself as a little bit, maybe like a grandmother. She is. To, to I Jackson. told her, she's yeah. like the honorary grandmother. Yeah. So maybe we need to get, her. maybe she needs to have a nickname like Aunt Gladys. <laughs> maybe Tootsie could be. Well, listen, I'm, you know, one of the great things about you is, is, uh, just you're, you're just so accomplished. And, oh, and I think you. you, I think you, in the years that you've been here, I feel like you've never seen a challenge that you didn't want to yeah. tackle. And, uh, I mean, it was starting with Alpha, like mm -hmm. you, you didn't have a ton of experience right. with twos and threes. Yeah. So just remember that when you're, when Jackson's two I and know. three, you've been there before, I, right? I know. But then with first grade and then the, the literacy degree and then the, the reading special. So yeah. I have no doubt that right to read is going to is going to skyrocket. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to go on record as saying we want to we want to help you as an institution. We want to help help with that yeah, in any way that we, we can. Yeah, we would love that. Yep. A good partnership. So, uh, so yeah, thanks, Tanisha. I'm excited. Mark, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, for, for sure. And uh, I know people out there. Uh, who who do know you are glad to know you better. Yeah. And then I think people who like you know most of our middle school kids who come in the sixth grade wouldn't wouldn't know Miss Miss Smith. Oh yeah, I'm so. still called Miss Jenkins. Yeah. <laughs> seventh graders still. Well, those seventh graders better step up to the plate with baby <laughs> gifts. Is all is all I'm saying, right? Because you you changed their their diapers, and so now they need I to help did you. a lot actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, Tanisha, we we so appreciate you. Love Thanks, all Mark. of your contributions, and so we. Uh, just stick, stay tuned. We'll have uh, we'll have some more interesting conversations coming for uh, forward. So uh, thank you again, uh, Ms. Smith, and thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Take care. <laughs>